Good afternoon, everybody. I'd like to welcome you to this week's third Impact Wrestling Media Teleconference. This is Ross Foreman. Before we welcome uh, Josh to the call, let's uh, just a reminder, Josh, as you know, this Impact uh, Wrestling Media Teleconference live stream is presented by Pluto TV. Watch over 100 channels of movies, news, sports, and more completely free on any streaming device. Download the app today. Pluto TV is free TV. And with that said, let's welcome Josh Matthews to the teleconference. Hello, Ross. How are you? I'm great, Josh. How are you doing? Well, I mean, I couldn't be better. Tonight's the night of, uh, of Impact Wrestling. I'll get started in just a few hours. Um, you're, you're... Go ahead. You got something to say. I know you got something to say. That's why I paused. I waited for you to go ahead and jump in there. No, I was just going to ask you uh, your thoughts, the, the, the home stretch heading into uh, Flammiversary. Well, I mean, look, we've, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, you know, insider term, we, we call this the go-home show. Uh, this is it before we get to Sunday, of course, in Toronto. So as I mentioned on our first teleconference this week on Tuesday, you're going to get Moose and Austin Aries in the same building tonight. That's the main event for Slammiversary. They will be together. Uh, so uh, expect a confrontation between champion and challenger. Uh, the Gama Hit Squad will be in action as well. Excuse me, the Devi Hit Squad led by Gama Singh will be in action tonight. Eli Drake and Joe Hendry. That news came on ImpactWrestling.com earlier this week. Conan's going to address the OGs. A knockouts tag team match was announced earlier today. Shotzi Blackheart and Tessa Blanchard will team up to take on Kira Hogan and Ali. And, of course, Killer Cross will be in action tonight. And then you've got Sammy Callahan in his final match before Slammiversary this Sunday. So that's everything happening uh, tonight on the show. As you guys know, we have sold out Slammiversary on Sunday, which is awesome. So uh, a credit to all of our amazing fans around the world who helped sell out Slammiversary Sunday from the Webel Entertainment Complex in Toronto. Uh, tickets are still available, of course, for Monday and Tuesday, our two final nights um, in Toronto, uh, Monday and Tuesday, and then we'll return August 12th and 13th uh, for Impact Wrestling uh, TV taping. So a lot happening. Um, uh, obviously, Ross, as you know, and, and everyone on the call knows, we have a lot going on as we get ready to get on airplanes and make our way to Toronto. Uh, I know everyone's excited to talk to Tommy. He's got a huge match on Sunday, House of Hardcore Rules, against Eddie Edwards. Um, so, Ross, I'll take uh, as many calls or uh, questions as you want, and then uh, I'll let Tommy take over. All right. Well, just a clarification uh, on what you said. August 12th and 13th, we'll be back in Toronto. That's what I said. All right. Well, if, if you have questions for Josh, we're going to have about five minutes for questions for Josh, so uh, star six to get in queue. Q&A session has started. To ask your question, please press star six. Hi, Josh. Thank you for your time. Ryan Keith at the Average Marks Podcast, powered by the Roar Network. Uh, it's a really solid card for Slammiversary. Besides the championship match, uh, what match do you see still on the show for the night on Sunday? Well, I've got to go with the match that I have uh, been proclaiming will steal the show for quite some time, and that's the International Four-Way that's set to take place. I mean, you've got four incredible athletes uh, in that match for Sunday. You've got the return of Johnny Impact, uh, Taji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier, Rich Swan, 
and Phoenix. So those four together uh, have an opportunity Sunday to absolutely electrify and steal the show, and only one man can win. I just think that match is is must-see, can't miss. Um, you know, those are the kind of wrestling matches that, that, that made me a wrestling fan as a kid, that these guys can, will do incredible things, um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing what they bring to the table on Sunday. That, that's a match that you just want to sit back and watch, and then, of course, you have the emotional matches taking place, the matches like Mask versus Hair and matches like Tommy versus Eddie. So I think the build to all of these matches have been incredible. Um, from just a performance standpoint, I'm really looking forward to the four-way, though. Agreed. Thank you. Hey, Josh. It's uh, Morgan Richards here from Razor College. How's it going? Good. Thank you. So I just want to talk to you about the recent news that Fight TV will be launching now here in the UK and that Summerverse will be streaming here simultaneously. How important do you think that is going to be for Impact's reach in Britain? And do you think this could really lead to more tours, big shows, or even pay-per-views across Japan for Impact Wrestling? Well, I think so, but I think it's the most important for the fans that you get to watch Impact uh, in the same time frame that we get to watch it over here in the States. And I know that um, even going back to Challenge TV, um, when we were on that network, um, and the fans always wanted to see Impact at the same time that it was on in the States. You guys didn't want to get spoilers. You didn't want to be spoiled on our own social media platforms. And, and now all that's taken away. So as a fan, from a fan's perspective, I think that that is a win-win that if you want to stay up late and, 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 and be a part of the conversation on social media with the show, you can. Uh, you could DVR it and, and watch it in the morning. Um, and then, of course, the, the replay that will air as well. So to me, it's all about giving the fans what you guys want um, and just being able to say you can watch the show in real time, the same time that it airs in the States, I think is, is, is awesome for everybody. Hi, Josh. This is BQ from the Impact Lounge podcast and B2 Wrestling. Um, I don't know if this question has been asked recently because I haven't been on the last couple of calls, but how far are we away from uh, Impact Pay-Per-View being uh, streamed live on the Global Wrestling Network? Well, I don't know. Uh, I know originally when we launched the app that that was something that was being pushed towards. Um, I think I did answer this question either earlier this I can't remember. Um, the, all the infrastructure that goes into setting this up, there's so much to it, right? So right now, the, the beauty is that we do have a great partnership with Fight TV. And, I mean, I just got done talking to the guys from Fight TV earlier today. They're super excited for anniversary, the players embedded right now on impactwrestling.com. You can pre-order right now. You can be a part of the show Sunday streaming right through the Fight TV app. So um, if it happens that we get the pay-per-views um, right on GWN, I think that's great. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, you know, it's hard to downplay everything that Fight TV has done for us and with us as a partner. I think those guys are great. So having them be able to stream our shows, um, our pay-per-views is, is a great, um, you know, a great opportunity for all of us. Hi, Josh. This is uh, Rory from Team Better Media in the UK. Um, I've just seen a, a few reports this week that Slammiversary is pretty much sold out. Um, to, as far as I'm aware, that's one of the only wrestling shows this year that's actually hit the hit um, capacity. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, it just goes to show the great efforts that are being done in Impact right now to sell out Slamiversary, to be able to say that this show is, is sold out. And, and I don't think it's the only wrestling show that's sold out this year. I think there's, there's been uh, a few others. Um, I mean, we were, uh, if not at capacity, super close to capacity in Windsor on June 1st and June 2nd. So I think it speaks to the, the wrestling fans right now and how big a wrestling fans, um, how much influence that we all have as fans to, to sell out a show on Sunday, to sell out um, shows across the country and in Toronto. Um, it, it's a feel-good moment, and I think I took about four seconds yesterday to say, oh, cool, this graphic's done, we're sold out. What can we do for Monday and Tuesday? So, you know, you're always just trying to push the ball down the field as much as you can. Josh, we've got one more question for you. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? This is Jeff from iSpot Podcast and iSpotPodcast.com. Uh, you know, a lot of companies are creating, you know, the buzz, and you guys take center stage uh, this Sunday. Uh, how great is it for you guys to, uh, you know, maybe have turned the page? Do you believe that uh, Impact Wrestling has turned the page where, you, like, this is so much buzzworthy than you that Death Anniversary is making? I, I don't know if I like the expression turn the page. I get what you're saying. Um, I think movies have to keep turning the page, right? Like you can't ever rest on your laurels. You have to keep moving forward and keep doing everything that you can, and you can't rest for a day. It's like you look at next week, and it's like, okay, well, once Tuesday's over, we're back in Toronto on the 12th and 13th, so what are we going to do on those days? What are we going to do for the show that airs after anniversary? Like this is uh, – I, I told Scott Demore this the other night, like, I go to bed knowing that the work's never done. So, so once you can realize that, like your work is never done, then you can kind of sleep a little bit better um, because you know that you're going to wake up and it's, it's, it's there again. And, and if you, the day that you say, I don't have any more, like, then, then I think that that's a bad thing. So there's always work to be done, even after Slam, even after Sunday and, and being sold out. There's still work to be done Monday and Tuesday. There's still work to be done in August. So and that's just the way I approach it. Alrighty, Josh. Well, always good talking to you, and uh, we'll see you uh, Saturday up in uh, Toronto. Yeah, Ross, I can't wait to see you. Uh, well, we should probably take some photos on uh, Twitter. All right, you got Tommy Dreamer waiting on the line, and you're playing ha-ha with me. Goodbye, Josh. <laughs> Bye. That said, let's welcome our special guest, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the hardcore legend, Tommy Dreamer, welcome to the teleconference. Thank you for having me. My uh, first teleconference in a long, long-ass time. Haven't done one of these uh, since WWE days. So, Pretty well, cool. It's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm certainly uh, uh, excited for anniversary. Step in the ring with uh, Eddie Edwards. Hardcore rules. Absolutely. Anytime stepping in a ring uh, is my favorite time to still be competing at this age at such a high level. Uh, I really have uh, Terry Funk to credit because uh, he was the one who told me that if you don't keep evolving and changing with the business, it will pass you by. And uh, that's why he was doing moonsaults into the crowd in his uh, 50s. So uh, I still got eight more years till my moonsaults into the crowd. So let me ask you, what are your thoughts and emotions heading into this uh, very personal uh, match with Eddie. Eddie, I was probably one of the biggest Eddie Edwards fans of his talent. Um, he was the Ring of Honor champion. He was the Impact champion. 
He was on a course for greatness. He sidestepped what could have been a massive, serious injury with uh, Sammy Callahan hitting him in the face with the baseball bat. And he became obsessed with Sammy and ending Sammy. And I was just trying to help him. And he was just so, so obsessed. Today's day and age where everything you do is nitpicked, especially on social media, where, you know, you could get arrested for or at least called in for uh, a domestic violence cause or even like, you know, he would try to chair shot poor Sammy Callahan to the head in a match that we had. I was like, dude, it's over. Move on. Go towards the title and just became obsessed with him. And then uh, even to the ridiculous point of accusing uh, me of sleeping with his wife, which is pretty uh, funny because I don't know if most people have seen you lately. Uh, that's not saying much for your wife's, uh, uh, you know, what your wife likes, I guess. But, um, you know, so this has become very, very personal. I was just trying to help him. Uh, he messed with me on my own show at House of Hardcore events. So uh, we're going to have a throwback uh, feud because him and Sammy really reminded me of myself and Raven. And I was just trying to be the helping hand, but... Uh, kind of backfired on me, and I'll show him at Slammiversary why I'm the innovator of violence. Well, Tom, we do have a, uh, a room full of media waiting to talk to you, but I do have one final question for you. Uh, yes. Slightly off the wrestling front, but I do want to ask uh, your second love, um, baseball. We have Curtis Granderson coming to Slammiversary, going to be the title holder for the main event with Austin and Moose. Your thoughts about that? Uh, good friends with uh, Curtis Granderson. Uh, met him a bunch of times. He actually got me tickets when he played for the Yankees. He was uh, good friends with Rhino when he played with Detroit. He does amazing uh, work with charities. He has his own charity. As a baseball fan, I'm super stoked for him to be there. And uh, I think it's vice versa for him because as a wrestling fan, he's going to be super psyched to be there. It adds to uh, the match. I don't know if I'd have him as the belt holder. I think I would have him uh, hold the baseball bat and swing it at Sammy Callahan and see if he could swing harder. All righty. Well, with that, we will open up for media questions for Tommy. Uh, star six to get into. Media, when you get in there, please identify yourself, your media outlet, and one question and one question alone for Tommy. Hey, Tommy, it's James from Interactive Wrestling Radio. It's such a pleasure to talk to you. I've been watching you since the Savoldi days, so I'm a big wow. term fan. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, so my question was going to be about the Eddie Edwards character. Um, it's actually funny. Early on, when he did his invasion of Ohio, of Ohio versus everything, the promo he cut gave me chills. It reminded me of watching you cut promos in ECW in the backstage segments. Has the evolution been happenstance? Was it an accident? Or what, were we building to this long before any of us knew it? Uh, I think it just happened. Honestly, if you look at even early uh, Eddie Edwards' clean-cut baby face, we have now seen a different side of him. Uh, if he grows a goatee, maybe that'll help him. And if his ass gets a little bigger, maybe that'll, he'll become the next Tom Jr. But I, you know, he has more talent in-ring ability than I ever had. And it's funny now looking at myself or even looking at myself in the mirror, uh, I'm 
I'm losing my hair. I'm getting uh, these bags under my eyes. And I remember back in the day, I used to punch myself in my eyes because I wanted to have that tough look that Terry Funk had. And I didn't know that was something called old age. And I, I look at myself and I was like, man, if I grew my hair out a little bit and uh, whatever I have left and put a bandana around my head, I could start looking like Terry Funk. I don't know if uh, Eddie Edwards wants to start looking like me, but yes, there has been a definite evolution i've always been a big fan of his from like i said from ring of honor uh to impact wrestling and then you know him and the wolves were an amazing tag team and then the opportunity to break out on his own and i saw a lot of me in him kind of you know what terry funk said he saw in me so uh it happened a different side of him ignited and i want to say a money side of him ignited but you know, then there's the, all right, well, now you're going to have to face me. So looking forward to that. Thank you so much. Good luck on Sunday. Thanks, man. This is Ian Carey with SEScoots.com. <clears throat> Tommy, in 2018, Impact has worked with companies such as Destiny Wrestling, Rise, World Series Wrestling, and for many of these promotions, their video library is added to the Global Wrestling Network. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on a streaming service offering a variety of promotions and if you think House of Hardcore might fit into that equation at some point. Uh, I'm already on Twitch, so I have my own streaming uh, service. I think it's a, a wonderful idea for Impact Wrestling. They have offered me to do that, but I have an exclusive with Twitch where I'm getting paid for my content already, um, so that's why I didn't do it. And, you know, I look at the wrestling business. A lot of times the wrestling business will, uh, history will repeat, will repeat itself. I don't want bad history to repeat itself in the sense of, I don't want the territories to get swallowed up just like they did in the 80s. When I say territories, there are some really good independent companies that are out there running consistent shows. If Impact was putting crappy quality on their app, then, you know, you get what you paid for. It would be crap, but they're putting out nicely produced uh, shows. So it's all about content. And, it, guys, that's what Hulu wants, Netflix, uh, what is that, Patron, something like that. Uh, all, they just want content. And wrestling has such an amazing fan base that it's a content that's, you know, so, so watched. And, you know, it's funny, like you said, most people don't even know what Twitch is. Uh, Impact has a Twitch channel, and uh, Twitch has more subscribers than the WWE Network. It's just getting the word out there. Great. Well, thanks very much. Thanks, man. Hey, what's up, Liz? Teddy Long. Hey, for all your pro wrestling news, all you've got to do is go to Gurig.net. That's right. For all your pro wrestling news, go to Gurig.net. And they have been number one since 1997. Now, that's a long time, players. That means it's a lot of credibility. Holla. Hey, Tommy. Jason Price from Icon vs. Icon. Obviously, you've spent most of your life in the ring, and we, you've inspired a lot of people along the way. Uh, what does it take to make it in professional wrestling today, and to what do you attribute your longevity? To me, to make it not just in wrestling, but in for wrestling, yes, but for anything like this, it's passion. You have to have a love for this because honestly, you're you're not going to make it. Everything we do in wrestling, 
is what they tell you not to do in life. You go to a wrestling school and, you know, Bully Ray and myself have a Team 3D Academy up in Connecticut. And we tell people, fall forward and don't put your hands down. Fall backwards and don't look back. That's not normal in society. Hey, jump off of a diving board into a pool with no water. We do that from the top rope. So you have to have passion for this, but you should have that in anything that you do if you want to succeed in this. For me, longevity, uh, I always worked out. I still work out. I know I don't look like I work out, but I try very, very hard. There's a lot of my body parts are not attached. Uh, I'm coming on 30 years next year doing this. Um, I was never a guy who was into alcohol or drugs. Most time, most I've ever drank was when I used to tag with the Sandman, but I know I don't look good, but I train really, really hard to look this bad. So uh, I want to say a lot of guys, and like I see a lot of guys that like even I came up with an ECW or you know guys who have these amazing bodies. They have to keep up and, and doing it. Before he passed, I was with Bruno Sammartino, and I would talk to him a lot, and he used to still run like five miles a week. And if you do this all the time, it just becomes your routine. So I have my routine. I do it as much as possible I possibly can. And uh, I also love what I do. And uh, I have respect. If I feel I can't go in the ring anymore, I'm not going to be one of those guys who can't ha who just hang on for a payday. I'm just going to quit. And when I say I retire, that's it. I'm done in wrestling. Hi, Tommy. Thank you for your time. Brian Keith of the Average Marks Podcast, powered by the Roar Network. Uh, being the innovator of violence and being so many hardcore matches, um, I know you have to have a favorite weapon. What's your favorite weapon to use in a hardcore match and why? And what's the psychology, uh, psychology behind why? Is it the pop of the crowd, the sound it makes on your opponent, stuff like that? Excellent question. I would like to say the Singapore cane, but for some reason, I'm the one who always brings it to the ring, but yet it always gets used on me, so I'm a bit of an idiot. Um, honestly, old school will never die. I have seen a lot of matches. I've seen a lot of hardcore matches. Even when I was in WWE, we were in a Singapore cane match, and they were like, well, right from the beginning, just grab the canes and hit each other. And I was like, really? And where do we go from there? It's building to whatever has given is given to you. Once you fight outside to the floor, the match is now escalated. Uh, and, and if you think about it, there's the ring apron, there's the steps, there's the guardrails, then it's the floor. Then if you reach under the ring, whatever is under there, and if it's you know from a cookie sheet, which also surprisingly is the greatest noise, and for a lot of people who think it doesn't hurt. I have busted more people's heads open or given or have lumps on my head from cookie sheets than uh, anything else, then to a garbage can, then to a chair, then a cane, uh, barbed wire, thumbtacks. You just got to keep on building to it because it's, like I said, if you start from the beginning with just killing each other, where are you going to top it? So uh, to me, old school psychology uh, is always best to answer your question. The Singapore cane hurts like a mf -er and a cookie sheet. As hard as I swing, it sounds like sometimes a cannon going off. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for the tweet. I saw your tweet.
Hi, Tommy. This is Stephanie from Theatre Magazine in UK. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, I think I'm not going to be the only one to tell you I'm a huge fan and for a very long time. So, um, uh, that's awesome. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, like you just said, you've been in the business for 30 years and many, many, many things happened in 30 years and mostly in the, the recent years. Um, what are the evolutions uh, that you are, for you are, well, have been the most important or you are the most proud of in this business? Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, number one, the evolution for the wrestler in the sense of, you know, back in the day, we used to do chair shots to the head. That was before we knew about the problems of concussions. And I used to bend steel chairs over people's heads. Same with, I used to, if someone's going to hit me, I'm not putting my hands up because I had to be tough and hardcore. Um, the fact that even in WWE or in Impact Wrestling, if someone has a concussion, they sit them out because they know about the long-term effects. I remember once in ECW, I, got, I had three concussions in a week. Um, that could have had some serious damage to me, but thankfully I'm still going, um, so I like that. I like the WWE has a wellness program. Uh, I know in Impact Wrestling, all the wrestlers are, are tested for AIDS and hepatitis. None of that stuff went on, so that evolution is great and the evolution of social media. I've been a fan of this business since I'm nine years old. I remember when I was trying so, so hard to become a wrestler, I didn't know how to do it. Now I can just Google it. But, you know, or, or even talk to a wrestler or try to meet a wrestler, you know, the only way to do it, you'd have to stand in the back of an arena at a show and pray and hope that someone just didn't like be like, get out of here. So uh, those are my two favorite parts of the evolution of the industry. And, but also that's the end, the evolution of not only our business, but you think of football, uh, soccer, hockey. Everything has been for the better protection of the athlete, and I actually want a few more things to happen, and, and I think in my lifetime they will happen. What about women? I'm sorry? What about women evolution? I think it's great. And you also got to understand, I came from ECW, where we always treated the women equally in the sense of, yes, they were, because we were different, but the women would get pile drivers. The women would get, you know, they would fight with each other, but they were on par, super duper tough, just like the men. I mean, uh, Beulah, Francine, Dawn Marie, Lita, Jazz. They didn't, we really didn't have women matches, but they were out there in the men's corner. And yes, back then it was also, you know, they were, they were not only eye candy, but mo every one of those women were tough and took, took exactly what the men could give out, and they would do it back. Now with the women's revolution, I think it's phenomenal. And it's, it's not just eye candy, and I never, but I never treated it that way. And, you know, that's why for me, like, I hired... Lita, Jazz, Beth Phoenix, people who have surpassed me 
in their own career accolades. So I couldn't be prouder of the women out there. And uh, but that's again, just like I said, that's society too. So it's uh, it's a good thing. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, dear. I'm going to go to a question that came in from John Jimenez, who would like to know, what made you want to become a pro wrestler? What made me want to become a professional wrestler was the moment I saw it uh, on television. It was Bob Backlund versus uh, Bulldog Brower, who uh, they say is from Toronto, which is a nice little tie-in to Slammiversary. And uh, I was hooked from day one. And then uh, my father was a school teacher, and he took our family to uh, during his spring break to Florida, and I got to see the American Dream Dusty Rhodes wrestle live. And I remember being frozen in my tracks, and it was like watching God on Earth come to the ring. And the moment his match ended, I knew what I had to do in my life, and I was 10 years old. And then I was just obsessed with wrestling magazines. There was no internet, and any time I would watch it on television. And I truly have been living my dream since uh, I've been a little kid. And then I started at 18, and uh, I have never looked back. And I'm very, very happy I've yet to look back. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com here. Uh, Tommy, in the past, I think, three and a half years, you've appeared for Impact, ROH, WWE, even a couple of NXT dates. How do you go about balancing all those relationships? And have you ever actually signed with any of those? Or has it just been like handshake agreements as you work on your own thing at House of Hardcore? Uh, no, I have not. I also uh, would like to add Lucha Underground to that uh, mix yeah. and um, a few others. I, I can't. I learned a lot of lessons in my life. Everyone talks about ECW and the greatness of what was ECW, and it was. But none of us ever knew that Paul Heyman was in bed with the WWE the entire time. Uh, I saw those effects. I had to live with those effects for a long, long time. I would not sign a contract with anyone. WWE asked me to sign a contract when I went back uh, with the Wyatts, and they offered me a lot of money to close House of Hardcore, and I refused. Um, Impact Wrestling, I worked there. Uh, under a lot of different regimes. Once politics or BS started getting involved, I just left. And uh, I've been friends with Scott Demore for a long time. I've been friends with Don Callis for a long time. I have no issues whatsoever, and I'm not a very, very hard person to deal with. I wanted, I wanted people to deal with me how I deal with them, and I'm a man of my word, and... Uh, you know, so far, everybody, and I, and I expect it to always be that way. So uh, I'm cool, and how I balance that uh, with just handshake agreements, because I'm a man of my word, and I've proven that for a long, long time. Uh, stipulation, it, it's funny, in a business that is predetermined, I've always lived up to my stipulations. Uh, when I was in WWE and I said, again, Zack Ryder, if I lose this match, I'm leaving ECW. I would never go back to ECW ever again. In Impact Wrestling, I wrote Hardcore Justice. My selling point was me versus Raven, and I will never wrestle him again. I've been offered to wrestle him on indies. Won't do it. I also said 
same pay-per-view. I won't do anything ECW reunion anymore. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I feel it's important to be a man of your word. I hated growing up as a kid saying, oh, loser will retire, and then they just come back. So uh, that's just me. At times I feel like I'm alone in my feelings, but if people don't like it, sorry. That's just how I am. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, man. Hey, Ryan Bowman from thegrillposition.com. You just talked about when you got started in the days of the magazines and newsletters. <clears throat> ECW was kind of built up through that as a grassroots movement and word of mouth. And you were discussing Twitch and, and the other platforms you're using with House of Hardcore. In hindsight, how big of a fire would ECW have set to the wrestling industry if it had existed in the era of social media? Honestly, I think we'd be out of business. And here's why. Everything we did in ECW, most of it was illegal. Um, music, which was such a huge part of ECW, uh, we wouldn't be able to use. And if you want to talk about conflicts and dramas, I mean, we would have riots all the time. Now think of the era of the cell phone camera. Think of the era of the cell phone camera when we would, after shows, party with fans. Um, or have fights in bars, or even think about if all the stuff went down with, you know, the owner not paying people, or even uh, writing bad checks, that's illegal. And I said it on the WWE Network, a lot of people want to bitch and moan about Paul Heyman, but most of them chose to stay, and a lot of others never had anywhere else to go. But if you, you, to answer your question, I don't think it would exist whatsoever. You could not today pick up a wrestler, a bloody wrestler, and throw him into the crowd and expect people to body surf him everywhere. You would be sued up the yin-yang uh, for that. And I mean, you know, when I get back to the music, I know for a long time, and when uh, WWE put out all the, you know, some of the ECW stuff, they were like, oh, they left out New Jack, and there were certain websites, you know, saying they left out New Jack. Uh, how could they do that? Oh, because he had criminal records or all this stuff. It was just because all of his music had, in the league, all of his matches had illegal music going on through the entire time. So, to answer your question, I think we wouldn't have made it as long as we did. Balls Mahoney getting on an airplane in his underwear, and then his forehead starts bleeding with no shirt on. You couldn't even do that now. 9-11, you got to wear a shirt. Hi, Tommy. It's uh, Rory from Team Venom Media in the UK. Um, I'm uh, quite looking forward to your match with Eddie Edwards this uh, weekend. Um, can you tell us how that stacks up against some of your classic pre-feuds and lineups? Um, I didn't hear the, the last part. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, how do you compare um, Eddie Edwards to some of your previous opponents and classic feuds? Uh, he's a way better wrestler than Brian Lee or Raven is, is in ring. Uh, and I have feuded with a lot of people. Uh, Eddie Edwards has all the tools to be any company's heavyweight champion. So I look forward to our styles meshing. And, you know, even in Impact Wrestling, I got, when I was, 
I just left WWE, so I was 38, maybe 39, and I had to step in the ring with AJ Styles. And that was for the first time in a long time I was nervous because I knew how good AJ was. So I know how good Eddie Edwards is. So I have to step up my game too because, trust me, I still have a chip on my shoulder. And uh, here in the States, we have a pitcher named Bartolo Colon, who's two years younger than me. He's having a pretty good season. Or you look at Tom Brady, who's the best quarterback in football. He's in his uh, 40s. So uh, I'm going to keep on going and plugging away. Eddie Edwards is beyond talented. He reminds me of Lance Storm, uh, just incredible. Eddie Edwards is good, and uh, I'm going to have to be just as good. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, man. Hi, Tommy. It's Morgan Richards here from Radio College. Pleasure to speak to you. How are you doing? Good, man. What's going on? So, what I want to talk to you about is that you've trained so many performers and stars across the business without being recredited that much as some of the other people. For you, is that just a really thing you're very proud of and give back to a new generation, just seeing so many stars now at that top level that you've helped? Absolutely. I couldn't be prouder um, of the men and women that, you know, I helped along the way. I don't need the recognition that, you know, they're giving me. Uh, but here's also why I do it. I don't think a lot of people realize how many people Terry Funk helped or you hear how much Dusty Rhodes has helped. When I used to walk back as a 24, 25-year-old kid, I would have Terry Funk helping me. I would have Mick Foley helping me. I would have Paul Heyman helping me become better. So I remember that. You know, Paul Heyman never had to bring a 22-year-old kid into the studio to teach him how to edit a show. We all can be fantasy bookers, but then we're sitting there talking about how to draw money, how to do all this stuff, and see the business aspect of it. So for me, I've been blessed, and you know, where Bubba and Devon said about you know the Hall of Fame, you know, uh, for me, pretty much putting them in ECW or you know Lita. I just tell people the truth or what they want to do to take their careers to the next level. Uh, and I've been blessed to help a lot of people. And when I turn on television, it's kind of, I have like these giant arms or tentacles. If I was an octopus and I reached out to a lot of people and, uh, I, I am very, very proud of everybody that I helped and, you know, some made it, some didn't, but this, the reason why I believed in a lot of people is because I saw something in them. I don't ever, ever judge a book by its cover. There's, you know, there are so many talented men and women out there that, you know, WWE would pass upon. And even when I was in WWE, when I, you know, I basically ran what was NXT, you know, it was a developmental system between OVW and Deep South Wrestling for a little bit. There would be so many, and I remember some of the directives that were given to me, and I was just like, ugh, this is horrible. But I was able to fight for people, and you need people to fight for you, but not just in wrestling, just in every corner. Uh, here in the, this, in the States, I'm a 
I'm a big baseball fan. Mike Piazza was like one of the last guys drafted. The only reason why he got drafted was because his father was friends with Tommy Lasorda, who was the Dodgers uh, manager. And then he went on to become a Hall of Famer because he had someone, he had the talent, but he just had to have somebody notice it. So that's kind of how I was and still am and always will be. Amazing. Cheers. How are you looking for it to watch us in there? Thank you, sir. Hey, what's up, players? This is Teddy Long. And if you want to look like a true player, then you need to get yourself a Gurick Report Podcast T-shirt. That's right. Get yourself the Gurick Report Podcast T-shirt, the same one that I'm wearing and sporting and looking good in it each and every day. And if you want to get one of them, all you got to do is go to Pro Wrestling Tees. That's ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gurry. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Gurry. Get your t-shirt today and you can look as pretty as me. Holla. Hi, Tommy. Uh, this is Sharon from Sports Kia. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good, too. So, uh, Tommy, I would like to ask you, uh, from the current crop of uh, Impact Wrestling Superstars, who do you think has the best shot of or deserves to be called the next hardcore legend? Oh, man, that's a good question. Uh, here's, I would like to say that the term hardcore has been bastardized by the WWE in the sense of the word hardcore, people think about blood or tables or chairs. Uh, to me, hardcore is a work ethic. And, you know, it came, hardcore was WWE's version of the word ECW. And in ECW, we did every single thing we could to, perf to put on a great performance for the fans. So in Impact, I want to say every single wrestler would be hardcore because everybody goes out there and busts their butts to entertain the fans, no matter what situation uh, they have been in. To answer your question for the hardcoreness of where I feel you're going, I would say Sammy Callahan and maybe Penta. And even though he's a luchador and he does a lucha style, but if you go and watch his stuff in Lucha Underground or even some of his stuff in Impact Wrestling, he... Uh, he gets pretty hardcore. So those are my two guys who pay for in impact wrestling. Thank you, Don. Thank you, sir. Finally, we'll say away from that question to a pretty similar one from David Fowler, who writes, uh, what are your thoughts on the current impact roster? How would you size up the potential future stars, meaning someone a star in five years? I think uh, if you look at the first of all, kudos to Impact Wrestling for having a sellout, which is amazing. And if you think about, and I know, Ross, you've been with the company a long, long time. I've been in and out of the company. There's a lot of times you couldn't give tickets away. And now, legit sellout. And that's because of management change, which is excellent, and <clears throat> having new talent, new influxes of talent, and working with other organizations. This is an insane 
time in the wrestling industry because I know you're a sports guy. Technically, uh, this is wrestling. You can play for a day game with the Mets because you're under contract with them, but then you can go play a night game with the Yankees. Uh, there are people who are, you know, under contract in Impact Wrestling, and they're under contract with other organizations like Lucha Underground. So the fact that a, a working relationship has been formed because it benefits the fans, it benefits it benefits everybody. Um, I'm a huge fan of LAX. I think they have such amazing talent. And Brian Cage, another guy, though he's a pain in my ass on my House of Hardcore shows because he texts me every second. Uh, and I want to say the, big, the biggest impact... I feel will come out of the women's division with Tessa Blanchard. She is money, and she has signed a long-term deal with uh, Impact Wrestling, and I have never heard such a buzz about anyone in the industry, especially a female, coming off of, like, you know, everyone talks about the May Young Classic, who's the next star. I just did something with the show Busted Open, which I'm a co-host on, and I did a thing of who would you pick as your top five talents if you owned a wrestling company? And 80% of those people said Tessa Blanchard. So kudos to that young lady because she's got the world buzzing about herself. Hey, Tommy, this is Carl Carafel with the J&K Podcast, a color and elbow brand sponsored podcast, and on the Roar Network as well. Now, I asked this question of Austin Aries yesterday, and I want to ask it of you as well. Before I retired from active competition, I had a superstition where I had to wear the exact same pair of socks in every single match. Now, not really hardcore, but do you have any superstitions, or if you don't, what's one of the most outrageous ones that you know from another worker? I have a boatload of superstitions. Back in the day, I would only change my ECW shirt if I got hurt in a match, then I wouldn't wear that shirt. And I'm not saying same exact shirt, I'm saying logo shirt. Um, I, back in the day, used to have the same underwear I wear on a Friday show until this, and then the next day I'd wear my Saturday underwear. Uh, they were a teal thong that, so a lot of those crazy hardcore matches, the innovator rounds was wearing a teal thong that basically fell off my body one day because I wore it so much. I wear the same socks all the time until they dissipate, but they have to be extra thick socks with a red trim. And for a lot of wrestlers in every wrestling company that I work for, no. My, I have old school re, uh, knee wraps that have not been washed since 1995. And my knee braces have not been washed since 1996. And I also have the same way I get dressed. And if I've been to a building before, I have to sit in that exact same position uh, in the locker room because that's why my longevity uh, continues. And I'm crazy. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I guess the only follow-up question on that was, does anybody even want this in the next few in the locker room? 
you shut up. I will Mr. Sacco your face when I see you with my knee wrap. Hello, Tommy. This is Aaron Barble from Wrestling Inc. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, now, the, the theme of this uh, has been hardcore wrestling, so I thought I'd follow up with another one of those questions. Now, there's a lot of hardcore wrestling going on that people are uh, carrying on. Uh, do you um, consider any type of hardcore wrestling going too far when it comes to gimmicks or weapons? Like, what, what would you consider is the line? I would be a hypocrite to say, oh, you can go too far, because I was the guy who would walk into a building and be like, I'm either going to get thrown off of there or I'm going to throw somebody off of there. And, but like I said, we've learned different things. Chair shots to the head should never happen in professional wrestling again. No one should be having hardcore matches unless the other person that you know has a blood test. You know what I love about wrestling in Louisiana? They have a blood test. And if there's going to be a commission, you should have a blood test uh, because guys bleeding. Light tubes are ridiculous. Uh, here's why. Inside, there's cancer carcinogenics inside it. So uh, once you break that in, you're breathing in cancer. So uh, that's stupid. And uh, so I would say there you go from that aspect. You have to under... And, and you know what? And if you look at it from a horror films, there are people who like scary movies. There are people who like super scary movies and there's people who like gore movies which are just out there for blood and guts and all that stuff it's to each your own to each your own but uh there has to be certain precautions because you have heard of oh oh by the way there's something called hepatitis you've heard about a wrestler that got arrested who was doing hardcore matches when he knew he had hiv and you know you, that should never have happened so there you go Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Hey, Tommy. How you doing? Looking forward to uh, your match with Eddie Edwards. Any other matches on the card here that have you uh, curious and pique your interest of you got to watch it when you maybe head to the back or you're curious about, you know, uh, just in general? I will watch all of them. Uh, I have this weird obsession with professional wrestling. Uh, I'm, I know Penta and Sammy Callahan will be amazing. They have wrestled before and beaten the living crap out of each other. Uh, the history between LAX versus the OGs could be very, very cool. And uh, I think Tessa Blanchard and Allie is going to be really, really good for the women's uh, division. And that four-way of uh, Rich Swan, John Morrison, or Johnny Wrestling, I have no clue what his name is today, um, Ishimori and Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix is another guy. I've used most of the people on this show, and uh, this is a, the reason why this show is sold out is because of the people on this card, and these are some really good matches. The greatest compliment I could ever do for my own company is I book you on a show, and I look at all these names, I was like, yeah, I booked pretty much every single person on this show. So that's kudos to how talented these men and women are. Visit our YouTube channel, search Gerwick Report Podcast, and subscribe. Hey, Tommy, Ryan Bowman from thegrillposition.com again. Um, you talked about a lot of the changes that have happened, not only in Impact, but in wrestling in general. 
heading into Slammiversary this weekend, looking back over your career, what's the one thing that's changed that you're the happiest about, and what's the one thing that's changed that upsets you the most? And thanks for your time today. The change that I'm happiest about, uh, like I said, the, the, the betterment for the professional wrestler, uh, I feel that's very, very key. I know I have my own goals with my own company, um, but the fact that, like I you know, also that all these companies are working together. Uh, if you don't work together, you will not survive in today's climate. WWE leads the way. Cool. They have their own vision. Impact Wrestling has their own vision. They have their own fans. They have their own different management style. So does House of Hardcore. All these people are working together. Why? For the betterment of professional wrestling. So how could you not get behind these guys? Um, something that's worse eh, is the BS and the politics. I know that's my company's mantra. And I know because I've talked to them, you know, Scott Demore, Don Callis, Hell, Don Callis works for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, they are trying to get rid, and they're doing a great job of all the negative uh, funk that has been through the years of Impact Wrestling and trying to get away with the BS of it. And, and a lot of people want to deal with uh, the behind-the-scenes crap, and, and, you know, the Internet wants to jump on that, as opposed to, you know what, they're putting on a really good product today. Uh, I know this because I'm from, they let Bobby Lashley out of his contract. And look what Bobby Lashley's doing in WWE. And you know what? Great for Bobby Lashley, but also great for Impact because then it opens up a spot for someone like a Pentagon uh, to come in back or, you know, debut in uh, Impact Wrestling. Or it opened up a spot for Tessa Blanchard. She turned down a spot to go to WWE to work in Impact Wrestling. So stuff like that is what I love about wrestling and the BS and the politics are what I do not love about wrestling because there is a bunch of men and women in WWE that are being wasted and they can make a huge difference in Impact Wrestling, in House of Hardcore, and throughout the wrestling industry. And I wish they were able to just go out there, you know what, we're not doing anything with you. Go over there. Because that's what happened in wrestling in the 80s. You would wrestle for a long time, and then when they had nothing for you, oh, go go somewhere else and come back in six months to a year. And then, boom, look at Drew McIntyre. Look what greatness he's doing. So I love stuff like that, but I hate the politics. Hey, Thomas, more questions here from Rachel Collins again. Um, I wanted to ask you, of course, you've mentioned a lot about Terry Funk and being in the business what we've seen over the last 30 years. But when it does come to that time where you feel you want to retire from competing, do you think you just want to do it less and less gradually going out of the business or have a giant send-off? Me, personally, um, when I feel it's time, and someday I just got off of a 31-hour flight, and in that flight I retired at least six times and had about two breakdowns. <laughs> so for me... I'm going to do uh, my own farewell tour and I'm going to go visit a bunch of places that I've been bef before and then I'm going to use that as a selling point of, hey, you're not going to see me wrestle ever again uh, and then I'm out. 
Uh, now we'll probably have one big match somewhere and then call it a career. Well, hopefully we get to see a lot more in the ring very soon. Yeah. I have seven shows this week. I don't want to wrestle anymore. I'm friggin' old. <laughs> I'm going to go to a question here from Brendan Boyle. Who is your dream opponent that you have never stepped in the ring with? Past would be Ravishing Rick Rude. Uh, present, Triple H. Alrighty. Well, Tommy, with that, we will we'll wrap it up for you. Uh, I, I know I can speak on behalf of all the media. Very appreciative. Uh, certainly great to talk to you, a, a legend in the business. Uh, I will open the floor for you at this point to give you a final thought heading into Slammiversary. Uh, I just want to say thank you for everyone for being a part of this journey with me. Like I said earlier, to be a featured match on a, one of Impact Wrestling's featured shows I am proud of every single match I've ever had in Impact Wrestling. Um, and to still be doing this and still be at this level and have people still interested in Tommy Dreamer, I'm blessed. I always say we are a family. I also always say that I'm just a fan that got fortunate and somebody believed in me. And the fact that I'm still doing this, I'm going to give you all that I have I wrestle every single match like it's my last because I know one day it will be. And just thank you for supporting Tommy Dreamer, House of Hardcore, Impact Wrestling, and supporting wrestling. I love you guys just as much as you love me. All righty, Tommy. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you up in uh, Toronto. Are you going to get up there? I'm guessing with seven shows this weekend, you're not going to have time to get up for a uh, Blue Jays game. Unfortunately, I have uh, way too many shows this week. I have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So I'm out there. All right. Well, we will uh, see you in a couple days up in Toronto. Look forward to it, bud. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Q&A session is over. Q&A session is over.